keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everyone, to Wrestle Roast. I'm your host, Robert Karpolis, and I am joined today by a, an esteemed panel of experts, uh, starting with the man, the myth, the legend, Dan St. Germain. Yeah, folks, I'm going to try to be on every week um, until uh, until Mania. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited, dude. Road to WrestleMania. Can't wait. He's our full-time part-timer. He's like Brock Lesnar, except we're still allowed to say his name. Uh, yeah, we will now. be joined by uh, by Scott in just a moment. Guys, it's it's an old-school day here on WrestleRose. Uh, Scott suddenly had a, a, a momentary Wi-Fi issue. He was on. He dropped off. He'll jump on in a minute, and we'll, we'll hear his, uh, his voice. In the meantime, a little housekeeping up at the top. Um, if you did not check out our Patreon this past weekend, uh, Dan and I talked SmackDown. Scott talked the New Japan show. Uh, it was uh, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun doing that that Patreon. Uh, something to sports entertainment with. I talked about Monday Night Raw and some of the initial fallout from that. Uh, and then this weekend we'll be back with a a Patreon. There's no collision, Dan. So I know you're really devastated. Your your Saturday night is now freed up. Now I know where our Patreon numbers went down. <laughs> but it was because there was there's no collision they, they were excited to hear about uh well, we could we could think of something oh well oh, there's plenty there's smackdown there's lots of stuff well, the nice also, thing about you know what we should do we should do smackdown and the the pilot of the bianca belair show yeah i like that idea want to do that let's yeah, do that yeah that sounds great we'll uh we'll watch i don't even know what it's called is it just called like it's like bianca loves montez did i make that up is that the something name of the like show? That. yeah yeah i don't know i mean i, I like Bianca, I like Montez. I'm curious to see how they are in the quasi-shoot reality show. Yeah, well, take the shoot out of it, but yeah. Well, I mean, enough where it's like they're they're so trying to play not, themselves. Let's not talk about uh, let's not talk about wrestling marriages and shoot this week. Am I right? Ooh, we'll we'll save oh, Scott's high that. spot for later. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, speaking of which, uh, is Scott back or did he just freeze again? Oh, no, no, I'm here. Uh, he's in his seventies. What was the man's name? I'm unfamiliar. Billy Jack with Haynes. Billy Jack Haynes. He was, um, yeah, he was supposed to be kind of like a big deal when he first, you know, came into the because he had a great look. He kind of had, you know, like the almost the Magnum TA look, but better. And uh, he looked like just, if Doctor Death actually worked out, right? And and just kind of there was just a failure to launch. It never really happened, but. But Vince had big plans for him, and it just, you know, just kind of never worked out. But apparently he had been making kind of, like, nutty videos the past couple of years. So, like, like, like accusing, you know, um, like, amongst other things, accusing Vince McMahon of being the real father of Nancy Benoit's son. And that's, been, that's why Chris Benoit killed 
the wife the wife and so you know he was not doing um well so he's Ryback yeah he's Ryback but like in a weird way you felt sorry for more because you're like all right well I think this guy's got CTE but and and it felt like but he he also had a wife to kill (laughs) yes he had a wife to kill Ryback has a car full of chicken sandwich wrappers yeah he can kill a 20 piece bro but no, I heard this poor woman was like eighty-five years old. He married uh, his he friend's married his friend's mom. Mom, also very bizarre. Yes, a, a, like a wrestling friend of his who passed away, I guess, a year ago or something. Yeah. As soon as as soon as you hear this, do you do you just like jump cut to Evan Husney just counting money, <laughs> just like yes. money finally. <laughs> Um, yes, and I feel like if Vince would have known that Billy Jack Haynes had a predilection to kill his wife, he would have pushed him earlier. They would have had something in common. Uh, yeah, we so, uh, we miss you, Vince. Miss you every day, Java. Why weren't you there to call two hours after it happened? Come on, man. Oh, if Billy Jack had a cell phone uh, that he was able to afford, he could have texted and let him know where the dogs are. Uh, but again, but- talk about white privilege. There was like a standoff for two hours, and they brought him in peacefully. What what was he doing for two hours? Are you just like it's like it's it's over? Are you just like is, are you just waiting? Is he going to kill himself or come out? I don't know. I bet you, my my guess would be you know, and this is all allegedly. This is all you know. Not that I think Billy Jack Haynes is going to sue this podcast. It's all rumor and innuendo. Rumor and innuendo. Yeah, joking, no, he. Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, most likely, he was threatening to kill himself, and that's that's what the standoff was. If if he was like shooting at him, I can't imagine them. Not, you know, opening fire for two hours, you know. And I guess from their perspective, it's more just like they don't want to have to clean up the mess. Is that why they're pretending to negotiate? Like, oh, we don't want to kill yourself. We got to mop this up after because they got them. I don't, I don't get the, I don't know. Maybe somebody was like a big AWA fan. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It was uh, Greg Gagne was the negotiator. Uh, well, but we got. Always uh, we... Sad, always sad when that shit happens. Is, you know. Yes. Uh, for, we... her, for her. Well, yeah, we we don't we don't condone murder here uh, on Wrestle Roasts. Uh, by the way, I think Teddy Hart's back in jail. I saw something anecdotally about that. I didn't read into specifically. Isn't what there it was. a site? Let me check right now. Is Teddy there's Hart a back? website of is Teddy Hart in jail? Uh, so, you know, we're we're doing we're doing the Lord's work here. By the way, guys, just to oh, to- he's got real no. Um, I don't know. No, the last thing I see was from July. So, um. I don't know, but maybe you saw some, maybe you know something that we I don't, don't know. Maybe I saw something, but uh, here's the deal, guys. We're so we're recording a little different than we normally do. We're recording this Thursday morning, as opposed to usually Thursday late in the day. So if something, which means definitively something catastrophic and insane is going to happen in wrestling after 100%. we record this show, uh, I don't I don't know what it's going to be that we're going to find out. Triple H was an illegal immigrant; he's been deported. Uh, but something wacky and stupid will probably happen, and if so that'll make the show immediately outdated, uh, and then we'll have to like come on later, and Zach will have to you know put on there like, oh, by the way, breaking news, uh, you know, Ari Emanuel is uh, is Billy Jack Haynes' wife. Yeah, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, I love it. Scott and I are drinking coffee. This is this is nice. This I'm is- sure they're hoping Vince was was somehow involved just to get him jettison him even faster. Is it me or has that gotten quiet? Like there has not been a lot of. There just hasn't been a news story yet. There will be. I mean, I just I imagine this is just going to be, you know, it's going to be kind of like for like a year or two. It's kind of going to be like, uh, you know, like, I guess without anything to compare it to the Trump or Weinstein story, where it'll just more details will keep coming out and we'll 
you know, probably more horrifying details will keep coming out. And like, literally, the only thing we saw was what you sent about nails. Dan's new favorite yeah. uh, folk hero, nails. Dude, he's uh, he's scarier as an old man. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, but he looks. I mean, he looks uh, terrifying. Well, he always looked scary. Now he has like guy living in a cave vibes. He grew into his sunken eyes. I'll say that much for nails with a Z. No, that was that was the picture of Brock's daughter, Dan. It's, yeah, just the rest of him sunk. <laughs> he is uh so yeah so we're gonna talk uh dynamite or dub we'll do high spot low spot but we, you know we're gonna start off here guys like it's it's still the road to wrestlemania there's still a lot of weird moving parts uh we we know definitively since we we last spoke uh it's gonna be cody and roman for for probably night two of mania as the main event uh the questions now are what are they gonna do with the rock and then they just announced yesterday for Elimination Chamber in Perth, Grayson Waller is going to do a Waller effect with Cody and Seth. So they're they're <laughs> teasing to tease. What are you laughing about? That's some that's a Nickelodeon ass sentence. What you just said? Yes, <laughs> I'm covered in green slime right now. It's perfect. <laughs> Speaking of yes, on, on the Grayson Waller effect in in Australia. Because so they're going to be turn into an impromptu tag match. That'll be fun. They just oh, can't no, they... advertise that duty ass tag match. So you can't do a tag match. I don't think Seth's necessarily cleared yet, but if the idea is to tease, like, are they going to announce what they're going to do at mania? If they're going to do a tag match or something like that, or there's a no Seth's going to be cleared. Cause isn't, isn't Grayson Waller in a, a tag team with um, Austin theory, Austin theory. I was going to say Austin Aries speaking of check. If, if they're in jail, um, no, I think we're going to get an impromptu tag match and people are going to shit their pants and then we're going to get a tag at Mania Night 1. I don't know if you can do a tag at Mania just because if you do the tag Night 1, that means both world title matches have to be Night 2. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know, that, but then you... You let I, Seth go in all hurt because he was Cody Shield. Yeah. And as we know, shields get damaged to protect the hero. So the hero gets to go on and win, but the shield is too injured. He loses his belt. That's a great way to lose Title. his belt, an honorable way. Um, we're all complaining that Seth doesn't play a good role in this story. Well, his role is he's going to be the one that gets sacrificed for it. That's he. He might come out of it bigger than Cody in a a month after Mania. When you look back and Cody has his title and Seth is in shambles for saving him, that's that's amazing. It, it I is, agree. but a way to go. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, would be, and I think you and I have briefly talked about this, Robert. But I think the way to go is not is not the tag. I think night one it should be uh, Rock versus Cody and Roman versus Seth, and then the winners of each, which of course will be you know Cody and Roman face on night two, and you do it for the unified titles because Cody's the type of babyface champion that you can beat him for one of the titles in two months. And it'll be fine, you know, because he'll still have the other title. You can split that up really easily. Uh, and then you just save Rock and Roman for uh, later down the line, you know. Um, that that would be my my solution. You absolutely can, because Rock is one of those guys who, when they turn him heel and the fans boom, he goes away for like two months and comes back. is like, ah, guys, I was just kidding. And everyone's like, oh, okay, yay, we can cheer for you again. But the problem with the tag, and I'm curious what your guys' take is on this, 
is it going to diminish it's a very made story because then rock could be like yo you uh you know you you couldn't get the job done and that leads to rock and roman at the next mania or something sure but but i, I think my question on the tag piece is if we get that tag night one is it diminished returns that we're going to see roman and cody wrestle two nights in a row like you kind of lose the specialness of the main event we saw it at last year's wrestlemania what, what uh Steve Austin coming out and wrestling twice. Roman and Cody. Roman and Cody. They wrestled we've, two we've nights. Seen them wrestle. You're no, saying no, I'm talking about back to back. No, fight back, back to back nights. I I think it's fine if you know the second night you're promising a new champion. Yeah, it's the biggest story uh, wrestling's had in in forever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, at that point, I mean, you have to fucking have Cody win. You cannot have fucking Roman win. Can you imagine? But I mean, like, that would be a, a, a astronomically stupid. But and I just don't see The Rock having two matches. I think he came in to have yeah. his match with Roman. He's not getting it, so they have to wait till next year. So I would love to see The Rock versus Seth, and I think Seth could get a a great match out of The Rock. I just don't see it happening. I, I see. Again, Seth already said, I'll be your shield. I mean, he's asking him to be to to have an entrance with him at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like he's he's asking to tag with him at WrestleMania. Can you imagine it's if they do like getting. imagine they do the shield entrance like when Kurt was like a member of Shield for a night, like in cosplay, just yeah. looking dazed and so weird. That was so weird. I don't know, Scott. I just don't think people are going to be happy about a tag. You know, it was almost like I remember Scott. Do you remember when Rock and Cena the first one at twenty eight? They kind of had, um, they had that R Truth and Miz versus Rock and Cena Survivor Series uh, yeah. a couple months, ago, and it felt like it made the event a little less special in my mind. So I don't know. I I would I would think that that would be the only. Because you can still have them like kind of look out for each other on the road to Mania, but I don't know. And it's also an an inconsequential match because whoever wins or loses, who cares? Kind of. It's a meeting. It's well, I mean, I, I Scott doesn't understand this because you watch AEW, but if, if you have a match and then, then there's just a winner and a loser and watch nothing when happens they book from it, it, and you have to scratch your fucking head and say, it's I will fucking year. make it work because they're That's... obviously booking it. I don't know if they're obviously I don't know if they're booking because I feel like here's the here's the other problem, though. You can't do that match and not have that main event. So now you're telling the women, hey, you're not main eventing uh, when I think that Rhea and Becky is a strong enough match to main event mania and Cody's getting a main event two nights in a row. I, no, just I don't see think where, it, I, I see where people are going to start. Not I'm not bitching. I'm saying I can already see where people are going to get online and they're going to start complaining about. But that's, the, uh, but that's the situation they've gotten themselves in. Like it doesn't matter. Like people are going to bitch no matter what. There's too yes. many good options for people not to bitch. I guarantee you that there by the by the time Mania season by the time Mania happens, there's going to be a sizable portion of the WWE universe that are going to be bitching that we didn't get Rock and Roman. That's already happened. Yeah. That's but why look, that's why I thought it was so funny when people got so vocal, like we want Cody. I'm like, no, the majority of mainstream fans want Rock versus Roman. That's, that's the, not true. There's no proof of that. True. Where is anyone true. saying this? Where this are they saying it true. otherwise? That's what ESPN There's no wanted. such thing that's as a, a mainstream fans, they're wrestling fans, and no, then there's no one watching. Scott, it's there, wrestling fans. Raw's pulling in, let's say about three times the viewership of Dynamite. I'd say one third of that viewership is the same viewership watching Dynamite who were diehard wrestling fans 
who are online, who are paying attention. Then there's just mainstream people who are like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to go pay attention to Mania. I love Rock, and I'll see him wrestle that uh, other Samoan dude. There's absolutely mainstream putting him on the Today Show. People want to see like those people want to see Rock and Roman. Mainstream media, mainstream world wants to see that. The well, wrestling if you, audience if wants you were story. right, they wouldn't have um, been running around with their heads chopped off uh, the they, last two they, weeks. They had to making now a much better storyline than they had with yeah. this apparent what people want thing. You just but there's a confidence kind of backwards. Yeah, it's the greatest there, storyline there forever. Is, but there's a confidence now with Hunter in charge as opposed to Vince that like shit at least will make sense in the end. It's not just. Well, we, we have this idea. We changed it last minute because Patterson saw an eight by 10 a rock and went, you know, my God, look at that guy is a star. Let's do this instead, which is shit that used to happen all the fucking time. So now at least it's let's take a step back, make sure stuff makes sense. And yeah, they kind of fell backwards into a, a another compelling story only because rock is willing to work heel. Oh yeah, it's a it's a much better story, I think. And again, uh, we're forgetting that they're telling us whoever wins Elimination Chamber is fighting the champion at WrestleMania. So you have Seth in this tag night one. He gets murdered, and then he loses on. So you're booking Billy Jack Haynes. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. It just seems like this is obviously what's happening. If that is, that is definitely a because then what's Seth going to do? Fight he Seth is going to fight a singles match and then another singles match to defend the champ. Like it, it, it just ain't happening. I don't think you have enough uh, runway. I don't think you have enough runway to to unify the. I wouldn't be surprised if we get some kind of triple threat with with Seth and Drew and possibly Sammy because they've been telling this story with Sammy Zayn where he lost against Rollins last year. Then he got attacked and taken out by McIntyre, comes back, the main event of the Royal Rumble, he's number 30. He fails to win that, tries to qualify for the Elimination Chamber, fails to win that, tries to beat Nakamura to, to you know defend his honor, fails to win that. You're setting him up, and it's like there has to be a finish to whatever you're doing with Sammy here. Maybe it is to do a triple threat to possibly try to mask the fact that if Seth's not 100%. It, it is, yeah. I'm just trying to find a way to like get the title off of Seth before Mania, and you know, and the way you do it is the Rock and them screwed him. You know, this is part of, this is part of the Hey Hunter, fix it thing. You know, fixing it is punishing these guys. It's it's. I think Seth's got to lose the title at Mania, but if Seth loses the title on the same night that Roman loses the title, I, I, I'm. I think there's a little bit of diminished returns again. If it was night one and night two, maybe, but these are kind of good problems that they have. This isn't like, oh, we're just going to give you uh, Andrade and Andrade uh, Alberto Del Rio versus Edge at like Mania 27 or whatever it was. Like, there's a lot of good options, and they seem to be compelling. I, I think that they're running into a problem with Sammy in the sense that, like. You know, wrestling fans only have so much bandwidth for an underdog hero, and yeah. you can't be telling the underdog story with Cody and the underdog story with Sammy <laughs> and expect people to care as much about the Sammy one. But, you know. We're also telling it with Jey Uso. He's the underdog going against Gunther, yeah. and they've been building and, him up. Yeah. That's and happening on Raw, right? They're, yeah, they're doing it on Raw, Raw which. I think, I think they're doing Jay and Jimmy at Mania. It seems like, I mean, everything I've heard is that's still the plan, so. Unless, I mean, I don't know 
uh, if Jay's allowed to go to Australia. You know, yeah, I know I that that's what I heard. That no, may uh, be the case. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't know what Australia immigration rules are and statute of limitations of prior convictions and whatever. That could be total fucking speculation. But it is strange that they're doing the title match on Raw. Yeah, I don't know. But it'll be a fun it's Raw. Stacked Raw. You get Cody versus McIntyre too. Cody versus McIntyre and uh, and this uh, the Intercontinental Title match. It's it'll be fun. They're they're putting together compelling matches and they're they're doing the best they can with with drew right now i really think drew has to he had to have resigned that you wouldn't put this much steam behind a guy if he hasn't so resigned they, the they contract. started um they they advertised him for italy so people think that he he resigned i saw that too but he's Are an you example of, can you ask kayfabe kayfabe dan god damn Call it right now god damn it dan. no I, I i know nothing i'm hoping Hypothetically, theoretically, that Drew has live up uh, to the name, live up to your other podcast name, and give us some fucking juice. I know I, other people do. Uh, they pitch the idea, and I and I want to get behind it, and I can't at all. They're like Drew at all in. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I I've seen Drew and his where he's from in front of a bunch of people. You know. Yeah, I don't it's, need to see Drew at seems all. Seems like the only person that would move. I mean, we'll get to it in Dynamite. The only person that would move the needle in AEW is Cody. Yeah, we'll 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 get to it. We'll yeah, get to that was obvious. But you got a pop last night. Well, we'll we'll get to we'll get to that in a in a, in a minute here. But I want to uh, tie a bow on uh, on the mania thing. By the way, only Scott is used to this. But fucking elimination chamber is at five o'clock in the morning Eastern. Are you guys getting up for this show? I mean, if we're doing a Patreon, I guess I am. It's you on have a to Saturday. Watch it live. It's Saturday. It's next Saturday, the twenty fourth. At five o'clock in the morning Eastern, because it's in Australia, which is like a third world country. Oh, jeez! Yeah, I'd wake up for it, maybe make some breakfast, maybe walk to the deli super early. Get a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, grab the paper. You know. Yeah. Is the deli open that early? Ah, they open like five thirty, but you know you can miss the first hour. No, because that'll be the first chamber. Oh, you think so? You have to open with one of the chambers because you got to set it up and put you don't want to do back-to-back chambers and there's only like four matches on the show and i'm guessing ria's got a main event and and she's fighting naya naya yeah they can't put naya in a pod yeah i don't think you they'll do that. like a hogan slam they'll act like nobody's ever done it before you can't yeah. headline with naya jacks man it's tough to not headline with ria in her home in her home country yeah and also, I don't know if you've seen this, but Pete and and not Vince would have cared. I don't think Triple H cares. But the stat that like Sasha Banks has main evented every like woman's main event was Sasha Banks or some shit. You know that like closed out a pay per view. Sasha was involved in it, and so maybe they're trying to get her right. Mania thirty five. I don't know who's that. What's thirty five? Charlotte Becky and and Ron closed out the show. Oh yeah, that did. Oh yeah, that was Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking? Dude, I don't, I don't know, but I feel like the the baby face pop that Rhea is going to get, you kind of want that, and we know it's going to be Becky winning Chamber and Drew most likely winning Chamber. Do you really want to close the pay per view on Drew winning and pointing at the WrestleMania sign, or do you want to close it on Rhea winning? Becky comes in there, they're face to face, crowds going absolutely ape shit, and they go off the air. Both are good endings. Yeah, you should also. Do a thing with Dom where it's like, how did you get here? You shouldn't be allowed to be here. You have a you have a criminal record, 
And he's like, I snuck in for you. Oh, shit. That, no, he's he's potentially going to be in the chamber. He's got a Oh, yeah, match. I forgot about that. He okay. comes in Rhea's pouch like a kangaroo. Be Dude, great. Dom is the only one. I mean, I've been, like, getting very hyped about WrestleMania. Everyone's been doing a very good job. Even in interviews, uh, they go, who would you want to work with? And they're, like, giving you these, like, really cool ideas. Dom... Every time I see an interview with Dom, it's like, whatever they want me to do, I show up, they hand me the paper, I go, okay, that sounds fun. Like, can you pretend, dude? He's a heel, man. He's making you, he's making you hate him. Um, He's, whatever, you know what, he's entertaining people, like, hating him. And there's just kind of, like, fun stuff. I'm curious what they're going to do with Bronson Reed, because Reed lost on Raw, which surprised me, was facing Lashley. And then he tweeted out like this, like sad trombone of I let down my friends and my family and I wanted to wrestle in my home country. And I'm sorry, everybody. They could backdoor him in. Oh, no, I th- that's what I think is going to happen. I think that either either Lashley is going to get taken out by Karrion Cross and his group and he won't be able to wrestle or L.A. Knight's going to get taken out by A.J., he won't be in there. And well, you the can put problem Bronson actually just beat him. I mean, I saw that match. Lashley just beat him. Beat the beat him like straight up beat him. Yeah, but it's an easy fix, Dan. You tell the story of the guy lost in an opportunity that he was going to get to compete in front of his home country. He's now got a second chance. He's revitalized. He's got you know fat guy energy, and he's gonna you know bust through uh, like Kool Aid Man. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he'll have a trombone if he posted a trombone emoji. Well, no, they can get New Day behind him. Yeah, they used to have a trombone. Dude, if, if Vince was still there, he would already be dancing with some sort of tambourine. 100%. No, Dan, how dare you? He would be eating a tub of Vegemite, like Winnie the Pooh, just <laughs> covered in just sticky goo. Honestly, some things Vince did better. I like that. Yeah, of course. Oh, I mean, imagine Brodus Clay's best gimmick was like funky dinosaur. And that's that his been- best. That was the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> And it was because of Vince McMahon. I don't know. I like I like right wing dancing dinosaur that he's become now. Look, I didn't really watch it, but people said the NWA run was was you know compelling. I don't know. Well, yeah, because in the NWA it was like six people. It's you watched him fight a guy who was at working yeah, at Walmart that morning. NWA, I guess it doesn't matter. No, they they the biggest star they made was uh, L.A. Knight. Who him versus Ivar, by the way, was like something out of like WWF superstars in like '94. Yeah, yeah, that'll put a lot of butts in seats. Well, speaking of things that put butts in seats, uh, Dynamite was last night, and we are contractually obligated to talk about this fucking show. Um, I, I don't know what the hell Tony Khan's doing, dude. Uh, I'm I'm baffled. <laughs> like. You there? In fact, you were you weren't on at the beginning, Scott. We talked about like there's no collision this week, so he's only got one show to focus on. Yeah, and this is what he gave us. Dynamite opens, and maybe you'll you'll have to pick me up one minute. It's John Moxley versus Dax Harwood, and the last time I saw Moxley and those guys, they were fighting the CMLL people. There was like an invasion. It's us against the world. Still going on, I think. But then the there's this match. Yeah, but th- but then there's this match, was which was – it was ice cold. I have no idea why they were fighting in a singles match. And then Moxley and Claudio after seemed to, like, turn heel. Was there something I missed on, like, a tout video somewhere, Scott, to explain any of this shit? Well, so 
there is a bit of frustration uh with with me on that because FTR like a few weeks ago they said in a backstage interview with Daniel Garcia that they would be focusing on the trios division with Daniel Garcia. And then like immediately after that, Daniel Garcia is pointing at the TNT title and Christian's holding it all pissed off. And you're like, well, okay, so they're not going after the trios, which I'm fine with. I I think they should go after the tag. I think Daniel Garcia should go after the TNT. Just this last collision, uh, we got a sense of uh, Blackpool Combat Club brawling with FTR because there's been a lot of brawls uh, lately. And so I get, I, I just don't know where we're going with it. But the I thought they were going to think, the, they're fighting CMLO guys and they're supposed to be baby faces. I mean, how many times well, have they turned fucking Blackpool? Yeah, I know. I, I, I guess their gimmick is just like, we fight and we brawl. And so whoever's standing in front of us, We'll play whatever role, you know, if good guys are standing in front of us, then we're the bad guys. If bad guys are standing in front of us, I guess we're the good guys. Uh, they did announce like a few CMLL shows where uh, Moxley will be fighting and Danielson. It's cool for them, but you're right. There should have been follow up on this show because every Wednesday for the last three weeks, they've been getting jumped. Uh, they did, uh, you know, they had a match on collision, though, if you want to say that's the blow off, but it wasn't. I mean, the match with this match was fine, but great match. I just want more focus on like these guys as tag teams, you know, specifically FTR, obviously. Tim, what do you think of this thing? For, it's impossible for Dax to have a good match. I mean, like Bell a bad Bell. match, bad match. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the exact. First off, I wanted to say uh, you guys can't see it, but Scott has a really cool Adidas hat on, so maybe he'll uh show you that in our Instagram stories. Follow us on Instagram. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez, that was like Michael Cole level of, of seamless <laughs> transition. Yes, well, definitely Michael Cole level of enthusiasm. But it is a cool Adidas ad. Um, yeah, brought, I mean, yeah, brought to you by Cricket Wireless. I, really have, I have nothing to add. I, I think that... <laughs> Love it. You know, like, I think that the this idea of, you know, they're good guys if they're good guys, they're bad guys if they're bad guys, it's, it's always an interesting theory. But every time they do something like that, they end up, becoming one or the other like wrestling fans you know as much as as much as we like to say you know oh we like complicated characters you still have to you know be a good guy or a bad guy ultimately once you're once you're in the middle like you become all things to nobody so i i i, I don't understand completely what they're doing um but look man if you if you ask me like how do, how do you make me give a shit about a moxley match put him against Dax. you know that is that's the probably one of the last people you can put him against on that on that show, and I, I would like really care about watching. Yeah, but you need a compelling reason. Like, I think it was one of you guys texted out to the group, like the Jim Cornette quote, where he was talking about when the Shield broke up, Roman became the biggest star in wrestling. Seth Rollins is going to headline a WrestleMania, and John Moxley is wrestling like on B shows against nobodies. I'm not saying Dax is a nobody. This was a quote before this, but it's kind of damning that Moxley. When the shield first started, he was the guy I was the most compelled by. I'm like, there's something really interesting and exciting and edgy about this dude. And oh, now, for everybody, for yeah, everybody. but now you look and you're like, he's opening dynamite in a cold match against the tag wrestler, and he feels totally disconnected from the rest of the show. But in his defense, you know, those things we felt about him, uh, in a way, proved to be right. He didn't stay with the company. He took a risk. Uh, while the other guys towed the line and were rewarded. 
we got uh, the Don Callis family in the back, uh, which is still a thing with Takeshita and Hobbs. And I guess we're getting Takeshita and Will Ospreay at the pay-per-view. Scott, you're you're the you're the big Osprey guy here of the group. Are you excited for this match? Oh, I'm so excited for this match. Uh look, obviously I think you could make the argument, why are two guys on the same team fighting? Why would Don Callis pitch this? And you're right in a sense. I think Don explained it fine enough where he was just like, look, uh when I was younger and the way I trained Kenny, you know, you you beat up, you know, brothers beat up each other this and that. I, I like the idea of him saying this will be match of the decade and it's coming from the Don Callis family. That's fun. But the real reason you're doing this is because on night one, you are going to separate Will Ospreay from the Don Callis family. And you'll get that in this match and it'll be unbelievable. I'm very, very excited for this. But do you separate yeah. just Ospreay or what about Fletcher? Uh, we'll find out. I, I, I think we'll find out that night. Dan, are you excited for uh, Takesha and Osprey? Uh, absolutely, it's going to be an incredible match. Um, you know, I mean, to, I, I think it's going to be match of the pay per view. I don't know any other match that could that could beat it. Um, yeah, I think Scott's right. I, I, you know, my only problem is, you know, again, it's like the way AEW doesn't really tell stories. You know, we're going to have this whole lot. Well, this whole thing is just going to happen in one night. Like Osprey is going to most likely beat Takeshita and then, you know, tell Don Callis to go fuck himself or something like that. And then I guess start their feud, but we haven't really seen, you know, we haven't seen the fractures in their relationship up to this point, you know, like we don't see the Bailey, you know, EO, like people talking behind their backs. And that's, 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 I think the reason that, you know, more than anything else is why AEW, you know, has lost a lot of traction is just, they're not they they don't build up the stories they want to tell. That's very it's very true. Um, and it, what scares me is if this continues, you're gonna wind up with a six man where you're gonna have Hobbs, Takeshta, and Fletcher against Osprey, Sammy, and Jericho. And I don't think putting Jericho with Osprey is gonna do anybody any favors. Well, but if you're feuding if you're feuding with the Don Cowes family, it's kind of the only way it goes. Uh Wardlow beat a uh, a a random jobber pretty Love quickly. That guy. Wardlow that guy kung fu and shit before uh, him. Yeah, that the, the, was awesome. That dude maximized his minutes. That was fun. Uh, Adam Cole on commentary could care less, but uh, Wardlow killing dudes is what you want to see on TV. Just put him in there with nobodies. Let him squash him. He looked like a major fucking star when he walked out there. And he's just stuck in this go nowhere stable. Agreed. My thing is, so it's like clearly, I mean, so they're going to do Joe, Joe and Wardlow again. We've seen that a bunch of times, right? I guess that's where we're going with this. It depends on if Joe keeps the title. Yeah. But uh, I imagine he's going to keep the title unless he gets hurt. I mean, it's it's seeing a match a hundred times versus just like a random match with two guys that makes no sense. But AEW doesn't do that. Next up, Danny Garcia versus Adam Copeland. Hey, he's taking food off Adam Copeland's plate. No, yeah, this match made sense too, uh, in terms of like the ranking uh, and oh, the TNT title. This is why I hate the rankings, guys, because this is what's going to help Tony Khan justify 
randomly just giving you matches that are ice cold. No, this wasn't sense. random though. If you watch Collision, this makes more than enough sense. Daniel Garcia is going after Christian. Edge okay. is going after Christian. Both of them want the TNT title. Both are very close to it. Something happened tonight that made it that it made you it made it seem that neither of them will be getting. So was this uh, a number one contenders match? What? Was this a number one contenders match? Basically, yeah, yeah. Basically, is, I'm, there's a difference in basically and just like putting it like there's no reason not to just say these guys are wrestling in a number one contenders match so that you understand what's going on. Well, no, because it's uh, I, I guess if you looked at the rankings, it would be like if Edge loses, Daniel Garcia would jump ahead of him. So, yeah, he would be number one contender for the TNT title because Edge was currently the number one contender. I don't know. I mean, the the match was fine. The problem is Edge doesn't feel like he's kind of the moxie thing. Like now he doesn't feel special anymore. And when you're in there with another baby face, the audience doesn't really know what the hell to do. And their default is to just kind of be somewhat quiet. I think Edge, if you watch Collision, because I thought Edge has been, uh, you know, I, I, I hated it. I didn't, I didn't even like the debut. I, I could have cared less about the debut, all that stuff. Uh, but like it's been a month of him being very good on collision, if not definitely three weeks, but I feel like a mo- a solid month. Uh, and I think Christian taking him out is writing him off of the pay-per-view. So you can get Garcia versus Christian without wondering where is edge, which is bold. You go, oh, because I honestly would have liked cause he's been doing cope opens all the time, which are like. Uh, you know, his open challenges or whatever. Wait, are, they, are they really called cope opens? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. All right. I uh, know, I know. But I was, you know, do a cope open at the pay-per-view, and then that's how Osprey debuts. Have Osprey versus Edge, night night one of Osprey's debut. Everybody's face is melting, but I yeah, guess they have to take a, no. a chair to his head. Maybe he's got like um a, a Disney project to work on. I'm not sure. It was nice to see uh, Christian and those guys back on TV. They've been off dynamite for a while. They uh, they lay out edge with the the concerto and they beat up uh, what's his face uh, Daddy Magic, who I thought was feuding with CMLL. So yeah, I think someone should have got. A, I think Garcia should have won. Like I I don't understand why they just jumped everybody. Right, that's what happened. Yeah, we didn't get a finish. Yeah, that's horseshit. So I, well, I, I kind of want, you know, like watching this, I was like, I think there's more money in Edge joining Christian and them being like this super heel group for for AEW. Like this whole like, you know, like like them being kind of like, I mean, you know, it, it does a little bit reek of main event mafia, but them being, you know, the WWE guys who are going to show you how to really work. You know, you can build new baby faces that way. It's just. You know, the problem with Edge is that, like, when you have Sting there, he doesn't, he's not really the old man veteran character that he was in the WWE because you already have Sting there. So you should kind of, and, and Edge is always used better as a heel and he's funny. So I think those two together would be super funny, like, you know, kind of like almost having, you know, custody battles over little, over new people in their faction and doing the dad thing that way. Um, but this, you know, they're giving us this Christian versus Edge storyline. Um, and, you know, again, we've already we already kind of saw the blow off match. Right. Which was a no holds barred match. So 
what do you want to do? Is a ladder match? A steel, like a ladder match with those two? They, those guys can't move like they used to. Is a steel cage match? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's also tough to put them back together after a concerto. Like that's kind of the... Oh, now you can't. Right, yeah. you've crossed the line and whatever. Unless you're going to do... I don't know. Uh, WWE for like sure. you could do Christian and Luchasaurus versus Edge and Danny Garcia in a TLC match if they really wanted to do something. But is that really that compelling? I don't... He could say, you knocked sense into me. I see the light. Because Dan is right. Edge and Christian yeah. is... He That's the money. Christian. I, I really don't know how you get there. But damn, it's the it. It's where you got to be eventually. Because also, Edge is great in the ring. Christian is unbelievable in the ring. So to have Edge and Christian versus FTR, th- this isn't like when the Hardys reunite or when the Dudleys pop up here and there. This is this could actually be very special where you have Edge and Christian versus the Bucks. I mean, anybody versus Top Flight. These these could be very good matches. So and, and, and to Scott's point, we've kind of seen, you know, in WWE, we kind of saw okay, these are Edge's last matches. In AEW, now we're seeing, okay, now we're seeing Edge and Christian's last matches, which is we never got in WWE, so it would be a little bit different. You know, the only criticism I would say, you know, to devil's advocate, the point me and Scott are saying is that it is very TNA. It is very, hey, let's uh, what, what, let's hand it over to the steady hand, the hand that we know that works. Um, but, you know, you fix that by having them uh, lose to a lot of new guys. You know, Edge and Christian losing to FTR would immediately get FTR back to where they need to be in the tag division. A hundred percent. It would. And I think those guys doing a two man power trip, like we saw with, with Hunter and Austin, like it's not inconceivable that they win the tag titles and then they have the TNT title and they win the world title and they're constantly doing it. Unlike in TNA, they're successful here because you have Luchasaurus, you have Nick Wayne, you're leaning on guys to help you as opposed to just making them look unstoppable and AEW has to lean on the steady hand. When we saw it in the next segment, Samoa Joe came out there and was a breath of fresh air. Like he came out and you were like, oh, this feels like a main event superstar. Poor Samoa Joe, like having to fucking put the ranking systems on his back with every promo. Like, oh, I'm the reason the ranking system is back. I'm like, come on, dude, you're getting cheers. Don't bring that up. <laughs> like people, yeah. like, the they need to kind of pivot because people were cheering him. Like, you know, make him a baby face, man. He took I mean, the he took the shot. He has to be the the tweener guy because they've already turned Swerve and yeah, Hangman. You know, Joe's like kind of gotten that level of like of almost like you know like how can you boo the guy? You know, it's like almost he's brought it almost every time he's brought in he saves something. It's really yeah. hard for a wrestling fan to boo Joe. You know, he feels like and I hate to set, say his name, but he does. He's like a Brock Lesnar. Um, he comes out and it's just he he's just an energy and yeah. it's not healer face. It's just he's there to wrestle and he's going to of course, he's going to hold championships because of that. And uh, I loved this promo. I thought Swerve did an OK job. You know, he did a good job. I thought Hangman did his thing. But I thought, Joe, I mean, every time I talk about the AEW title situation, I'm always talking about how to get it off of Joe. But every time I'm watching the AEW title situation, I'm like, Samoa Joe's the best champion they've actually ever had yeah and it's unfortunate that you know there isn't that fire underneath the company and that yeah maybe joe because he is you know we've seen him in tna and whatnot forever and wwe as well it doesn't feel fresh but he's better he's better than everybody on the mic i mean in terms of making a match feel legit he he's the guy he's got a presence 
Full picture, you're right. I mean, I think Kenny's the best champion they've had. And I actually think, you know, we forget the first Jericho run was really good. Um, but like I, I think you're right, Scott. As far as like if you want to combine work rate and promo, he's probably you know, well, you know, I mean, the only problem with MJF is MJF was a great promo, but it was always like, eh, do you really want to see him as a baby face? Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. You take the title off him just yet. I, I, I think you, no, I think you keep the title on him. And I think that the guy to build the next feud, and I hate to keep making it seem like we're just promoting old guys here, but Joe and Danielson is the next theoretical interesting money promo they can do package they can do because Danielson supposedly ending his last year as an, a full-time competitor we have not seen him as a babyface world champion in AEW him and Joe going for the for the big belt for the world title is compelling yeah but Danielson's lost a lot in that big spot right like MJF Moxley he's you know, it's almost better to use him. I don't know. I mean, it'll be a great match. So, But if Danielson wins, let's say Danielson wins the, the world title from Joe, and then you've got a, a heated up Osprey or Hangman or Swerve or somebody to go against him, you could that could be the rest of your year. And, the, and what's really cool about what they've done with Hangman and Swerve is you you've literally recreated Brett and Sean 97. I want to interrupt a uh, seamless transition. I am currently on eBay bidding for Brian Danielson's signed wrestling trunks. I am losing the bidding right now. I went up to $200. I can't go, <laughs> I can't go wait, more wait, than 200 What trunks? What, uh, what match? Um, I think it's, I think it's definitely from his AEW, right? When he was the first American dragon, when he came in, it seems like that, but I'm, I'm behind already. And I, I think, uh, I don't know. Let me check my bid, but I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm I'm not in the lead anymore. Forbidden Do Dwarfs, you, this is a call oh, to action. If you are not a member of our Patreon, fuck it. I'm gonna you, I'm gonna. You need to get it. on there so that Dan can support this new habit of buying weird wrestling shit. Because this version of Dan is my Eddie favorite Kingston. version of Dan. I just bought a signed Eddie Kingston action figure, but uh, are you opening like a wrestling cafe or something? Uh, yeah, when my <laughs> wife leaves me, it'll be me, <laughs> me the dogs and my signed. My signed wrestling. Truck. No, no, Dan. Here's the problem. I will now pro bono represent your wife in the divorce just to get your wrestling memorabilia, just to okay. just to take it from you. Well, it joins uh, my signed Lawrence Taylor plaque, uh, my signed Victor Cruz football, my signed Rob Van Dam Intercontinental Championship, my signed Bub from uh, uh, Day of the Living Dead. I love autographs, guys. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, anyway, what I was saying was Hangman and Swerve, they're doing the, the the Sean Brett 97 thing of Hangman being like, wait, how am I not the baby face? This other guy is a piece of shit. Uh, but you know they're going to have fantastic matches. And Hangman is so obnoxious and hateable that it just kind of works. Plus the mustache is tremendous. Like for, for, I mean, this is Dan World. I mean, like the mustache is insane, right? We oh. love the mustache. Oh, it looks amazing. You know, you see a guy, you think he looks the best a guy could look for who he who he is, and then he goes and does something like that, and you go, oh, that's his final form. He could have looked like this the whole time. It's like Austin buzzing his head, you know? It's the opposite feeling you get of looking at the Vince mustache. <laughs> <laughs> the Vince yes. mustache, there's cold chills that go up your body, but the hangman one works. He looks so much like Magnum TA, I don't want him to drive to any of the buildings. 
Next up, we got what I thought was a brilliant little piece of business. Tony Storm in a video uh, movie called Wet Ink, where she had her tattoo uh, modified. And the the way they shot it, the way they played this whole thing was fantastic. I thought this is great storytelling until they cut to Deanna Perrazzo, who just let the air out of the building with her negative charisma. Dude, she has no, like, career. You know, and I was kind of expecting, after seeing Jordan Grace kill it at the Rumble, I was kind of expecting Deanna Perrazzo to, like, all right, well, maybe, you know, you know, maybe they're, maybe AEW and WWE, you know, and stardom don't have all the great women's talent. And I mean, she could, she could be a good technical wrestler, sure, but she definitely doesn't have the charisma of a Zack Sabre Jr. or Brian Danielson, you know, as far as, as far as technical wrestling, I'm just bored and I'm bored to tears whenever she's uh, cutting a promo or on the mic. Like I know we talked before about comparing Tony to like the fiend. That's not the case. She's doing everything she can to make this thing compelling. It's, Oh, the emotional crux of this tattoo. I'm going to change of, it. It's still the problem of, you know, I do think that like, they're going to really, you know, Sasha's going to take that title off Tony and, and the women's division is going to be better for it. I do think Tony is better as that character not having a title than having the title. Very true. But I'm excited for if Sasha comes in just because I want her to call her Monette. That's where the money is. Um, Scott, what do you think of that uh, that whole segment? Uh, yeah, I'm fine enough with it. I do like Deanna Peruzzo in the ring. I just wish, you know, you have Sasha coming in in what? It's less than a month, right? Or no, is it exactly a month? I don't know when we're doing big business, Scott. When are we doing big business? <laughs> I don't even know when big business is. With a bunch of S's. But I, it's like, I wish when she walked in, there was a handful of women that I was excited about. And there are in my own head where I go, technically, I know Athena is great and I like Willow, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I wish the too, television right? was presenting all of them in a way that made me go, holy shit, when she's standing in the ring there and, you know, they could have all the other girls around the ring and I'd be so excited about what the possibilities are. I don't feel that at all. Even like, you know, Mercedes versus um, versus Tony Storm. I'm like, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I like both of them. And so I don't even know if I want to see them fight. Like, I want to see Mercedes versus who versus Paige. Brit. No, yeah. no so it's like Brit. versus Britt Baker, really. And that's not even a great match. It's just. Because it feels like it makes sense, but Brit's been gone for what feels like a year, man. It, yeah, Brit's Brit's kind of been like MIA. It's just I think what's going to wind up happening. Unfortunately, is Brit injured or is there like just heat? I think she's injured. I don't know though. But get Athena in there, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, uh, you got Athena, you got Thunder Rosa. You, what's you her got... name? Is really good. Who's who's facing Anna Jay on Rampage? Oh, she's... Queen Queen, queen Aminata. Amin... Yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's got something. Yeah, she's good. Lady Mariah Frost May, I thought was so. Hate, but Lady Frost, fuck you, she knows Lady Frost. <laughs> um, by the way, wasn't Mariah May like she had like her one match, and it was she's good too. Good, I like but her. then we never saw another. We haven't had another match with her. She's just been like yeah, a I backstage know. like lackey. And then I guess they mentioned something randomly. Like I guess the Outcast broke up. When did that happen? On Rampage yeah, or something? Rampage they were like, a little bit of you know, collision. we were shocked that that uh, Ruby walked out on on Soraya. So I guess they're broken up. 
good. And they kind of fucking botched it with Soraya, huh? They really did. Remember when she came into New York and we're like, holy shit, she's back from this neck injury. And now it's just like, she's just somebody on the roster. You know, it's like, who cares? The Young Bucks uh, arrived. They flew in on a private plane. They got out of a limo. They were still wearing the white blood suits from the week before. Uh, and then they they wrestled top flight. And uh, after the match, they put a graphic up. They had a graphic commanded up that they're the number one contenders. They tease that they're going to find Tony Schiavone. They knock him on his ass. Uh, Darby runs out for the save with a bat. He then talks about how he was homeless and he had begged for a job in AEW. Uh, and while they were promoting Brandon Cutler, the only EVP with any sense saw something in Darby and the crowd starts chanting Cody. So this was a fantastic segment to get Cody Rhodes over as a <laughs> massive so fucking baby face. Oh, it was so crazy. You want to know why I hate AEW guys? I don't hate AEW, but if I were to hate AEW, this, this segment, this match you give me a great athletic match with two young talents against two established guys where there's a compelling story that they are playing their characters as the EVPs. And then you do this shit. They kind of botched it with top flight too. The whole story was top flight was eventually like, you know, them usurping the young bucks. And it seems like nobody even cares about that anymore. Well, that was the private party story too. When private party beat the bucks all those years ago. And then you got that guy come back from injury. You had, uh, Darius Martin come back from injury, and then they're just, just do, they're cannon fodder. Yeah, I you know I thought I thought that promo was like so funny because it was like Darby is like it's he's such an interesting promo in the sense he's almost like you know it's like when you like let the little like you let the thirteen year old speak their mind and then they tell too much truth and it fucking <laughs> ruins everything. That's what, because Dar- I was expecting, like, and it didn't, after he said the Cody thing, I was like, oh, that was so, so stupid for them to say that. True, but stupid. Um, and then he went into, you know, you guys, uh, you know, the only reason you signed with AEW, and I thought he was going to say was because nobody else wanted you. But instead, you know, he kind of took like uh, he took a he took a right turn and said, oh, it's because the the schedule and stuff like that. So he didn't make. But that's always what I'm expecting with Darby. Like Darby's like it's like he over he knows he's not like particularly charismatic and can't cut like an MJF type promo. So instead, he's just going to like tell the truth. It's like it's like the version of Drew in WWE now, but it's. It's it, he's a baby face, so it's like really weird and doesn't work. Um, and yeah, also, it's like it's like a, a guy pulling out a like a like a pocket knife on you, you know. That's what it, yeah, you know, yeah, that's what it is. His promos are when wrestling, when they bring a gun on and wrestling, when like you know, like where you're like, oh, there shouldn't be a gun in an angle, you know, it never works out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what it feels like. The other thing is. They have this huge angle where it was like, this is the criticism I had last week, where Sting's kids are destroyed, right? Yeah. And they don't mention that fucking once in the promo. Like, no, it, yeah. It's it, just it's like, being dude, like, you didn't want me here, and my vision is different than yours. It was t- the match. Uh, top Flight versus Young Bucks. I was crazy about it. I loved it. Uh, had all these nice things I wanted to say about it. I liked the way they worked as heels. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this Darby promo was just absolute ass. The all friends wrestling thing. So like now we're using Cornette. 
It's Cornette. Are you using like Jim Cornette talking points for for your baby faces? Yeah, it almost just to Scott's point, it just revealed like, oh, everybody hates each other back there. <laughs> no, like everybody genuinely hates each other. Well, and it's also it's like it's supposed to be a feud for the marks, but then he goes, Oh, I read your interview about you you re-signed because the easier this and the easier that. And it's like yeah, in that same interview, they also say they re-signed because they want to work with Darby Allen and Eddie Kingston. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> this is fucking trash. I'll be honest. What I thought was going to – when they started ganging up on Shivani, for a half second I thought, oh, maybe Taz is going to get up and try to confront him. This will bring out Hook or there will be something actually compelling to like make sense. Feuding with Shivani is, is weird heat for them. Or I thought maybe they were gonna fire Shivani on air and do like the Shivani gets to come back and call the the last match like shit we used to see with Jim Ross. Oh, that would be fun. Shivani comes back to call Sting's last calls to know, call Sting's match. Yeah, yeah, like it's cute. like that's where I thought this was all going, and instead we got this like weeks, quasi shoot promo. And Dan, Dan, you're right. There's no place for for guns in wrestling. Next up, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. <laughs> A, oh wait! I promo. do want to acknowledge oh. though that Edge on Collision and Eddie Kingston on Collision in two separate promos uh, acknowledged the Young Bucks attacking Sting. Like they had their promos, and then in the middle of them would be like, "Oh, by the way, I saw what happened on Dynamite Bucks. That's fucked up, and uh, you're gonna get what's coming to you." And then they like went back into their promo. I like that on two separate you know occasions. Throughout I don't the understand night. why? They, why did you beat up the Suns if you're just not going back to it? Like that's I, yeah, I agree. Big, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, they've also, like, there's been times in wrestling where they fucked that up. Do you remember when Lashley and Goldberg had that SummerSlam match? And then, like, Lashley, like, attacked Goldberg some, but it was, like, accidental. So you understand why he did it. And then Goldberg is like, I'm going to kill you. And we're like, okay, this sucks, too. But, like, the fact that, like, the Bucks intentionally took out their sons and, and you're not making this a big deal... It's just, you know, this is my problem with AEW. Well, there's a couple problems I have. But, like, because there's there's too much freedom. And, like, you know, like, it, you can almost see the Bucks like, okay, we're EVPs. But also, we're going to beat up their sons. But also, let's have a shoot interview with Darby Allen. And there's, like, all these different things that, like, don't really gel with one another. But, you know, like, as a performer, you can't trust performers to just do this because it's, like, as a performer, I mean, me and, if me and Scott are on stage doing stand-up, you know, and we have to do a 45-minute set, and 10 minutes, you know, we get silence for the first 10 minutes, we're just going to do a bunch of crazy shit to try to get their attention and stuff like that. Like, that's the natural inclination of a performer. It's like, all right, I just got to, like, kind of, like, get as much attention on me, which is why you have to have a strong promoter and a strong booker to be like, no, let's just focus on the Suns aspect of it. Don't bring in the other shit. Let's just focus on the Suns aspect. But, you know, I don't think Tony is, you know, it's like this is the same guy who booked a death match, a Texas death match with an ancillary, you know, member of a faction. Oh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, but yeah. what's, what's funny about this, Dan, is like if he had writers, if I was in that room and he's like, here's what happened, I would have said, you had executive vice presidents who beat up civilians. You are the face of the company and you just let them do that without any consequences. Like there's no, like you're opening yourself up in theory to lawsuits because these guys are not wrestlers. They got beat up. There's no consequences. There's no nothing. It should have been a big build that like the young bucks are going to go out there and they're going to apologize for what they did. And they're going to say, look, we're, we're, 
we caught up in the heat of the moment. We're terribly sorry. In fact, uh, I'm finding myself a dollar and Nick gives a dollar to Matt and Matt gives a dollar to Nick and Darby's like, this is fucking bullshit. And he comes out. At least it makes sense that like Tony, as the guy who's on television as the owner of the company being like my EVPs beat up some guy's sons who are not wrestlers. You know, this aggression will not stand, man. Want, I don't know if you want Tony on stage. You don't but... put him on stage, but you make an announcement. He he goes, you know, he's all about his Twitter. No, instead Something. they're wearing like, and then they're doing the EVP characters, but they're wearing the bloody suits. And you're like, well, the bloody suit thing is cool, but that's like for another character. Like that should be Takeshita after he beats up Jericho. You know, like yeah. it shouldn't be that EV your EVP characters are supposed to be like these professional you know, these guys, are, you know, smirk tongue in cheek, but we're actually assholes character. But you're wearing blood on your suits, which is more of like a badass heel character. It, again, it's just they just throw a bunch like, you know, the Bucks are, are kind of annoying about. I think I won't say this about the Bucks matches because I think the Bucks matches are very good, despite like what Cornette and everybody else thinks. But like as far as their promo and their characters, because they haven't been in WWE, like they're like, all right, like they're just used to like, you know, PWG shows where you do everything that one night, you know? So like almost like if you look at their segment, it's it's everything in that segment, not realizing, dude, you still have a fucking month worth of stories to tell. Well, don't worry, Dan. I guarantee the one thing they will follow up on is next week we will get Brandon Cutler versus Darby Allen. I guarantee you we will get their friend wrestling in a match on TV. I hope we get like American Dragon Brandon Cutler when he first came in and he was like wearing the oh god we had the Dungeons and Dragons Brandon Cutler Dungeons and Dragons American yeah I think they should just give him Danielson's gimmick I think that'd be really funny and just never even like mention it. Bang Bang Scissor Gang are in the back. They're having a 12-man tag. Uh, Scott, you like this gimmick. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you were you were happy about seeing them on there, but it's weird that Jay White went from top heel in the company going up against MJF to wacky let-me-up segment. Well, no, I mean, you're you're right. I, I, I do think, obviously, this this group has potential. I think the breakup will be fun, and I think it's necessary. Uh, I think all guys will come out of this bigger than they were. But right now, I mean, especially you don't even have Collision this week, so they're cutting a promo for a match on Rampage. Just don't even have them on this week. I thought last week they did a terrible job of kind of going out there and presenting who they are. And this week was just more of the same. Next up at 930, because you can't make this shit up. Uh, we got Willow Nightingale versus Sky Blue. Uh, Willow accompanied by uh, Stokely Hathaway. Nice to see him back on, on TV. And Willow, the babyface, beats Sky Blue, the, the possessed demon spawn, because Stokely distracts the referee Am I supposed to be happy about this? Am I supposed to think Willow's cheating now? I'm glad Stokely was on. I'm happy Stokely was there. Yeah, he was. He was funny on car on commentary, but yeah, the, I mean, to your point, that doesn't really make any sense. I mean, the the thought that I had from this is like, I'm like, wow, Willow Nightingale must be one of the best, you know, workers they have, and wow, Sky Blue is really hot. Those are the two thoughts I have. No, I, I didn't really have any other thoughts. Sky Blue is over. Uh... And, and I think you're you're right. It does seem like maybe Willow is going to be a heel with Stokely. Like she's going to like what Stokely's doing with her. I don't know. Um, fine enough with it, I guess. 
I'm sure they'll follow it up three weeks from now on Rampage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the main event. So Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard earlier uh, the, this past week on on something to wrestle with gave a nice shout out to Dan St. Germain. Uh, apparently, oh, I've not, not heard it yet. People posted about it on Facebook. I'm I'm a little behind on listening, but apparently they mentioned they they name drop you uh, in the episode. So go back and listen. Bruce yeah, always it positive, actually. Yeah, I think it was positive. Um, Bruce used to say this bullshit thing of the main event is not necessarily the last match of the night. And I'm like, no, fuck you. The main event is the last match. That's the most important match of the night. Tony Khan has now proven Bruce Pritchard's theory that just because it's the last match of the night. Sure as fuck ain't the main event. Uh, it was Orange Cassidy versus Matt Taven in a Texas death match. I, for all the bullshit earlier of ice cold matches, this thing was in a was like the fucking Arctic tundra, and then you make Orange Cassidy bleed every drop of blood in his body for a mid card feud going nowhere. It was what so the fuck, Dan? Weird. It was like look, there are a lot of cool spots in the match that you know Taven head first through the table was yeah. a really cool spot. But like you're having this blood blood feud type match with guys who don't have a blood feud against one another. It's almost like it would be like in, which which you know what Vince Russo would do. Um, it would be like during a random Raw Attitude era, yes. having Steve Blackman versus Road Dog in a Hell in a Cell. You know it, that's kind of what it felt like, where you're like, why are you guys using this for this? And yeah, again, like what, what I'm saying about PWG, it's like, let's throw the fucking kitchen sink. Let's do all this. And there's just something that's like a weird disconnect for me of like, I love the way I love Orange Cassidy wrestling, but like, it's like, he's, you kind of lose something the Orange Cassidy character of like every single match. He's Brian Danielson, where he's doing like every single thing that he can possibly do and going to the limit. You're like, well, is this really an apathetic character? Because none of what he does is apathetic. You know, like every everything that he does is is there's a purpose to it. Um, and now you have a Texas death match, you know, where, where Cassidy won. Um, and by the way, they botched that ending. The ending yeah. of it, like, you know, like it was kind of all over the place as far as like entrances and run-ins. And, you know, like th th I knew what they were trying to do. But they didn't do it, and I think partially that was the camera's fault and commentary's fault, um, where they should have, like you know, been cutting back and forth between the ten count and Roderick coming in. But instead, you just had this wide shot where you saw everything. You saw Orange, Roderick, and um, and Matt Taven on the ground. Um, I mean, like this this match was like, what did it? What did it do? It it got it. You know, it made me look at Matt Taven differently. I'm like, oh, this guy can go. You know, like, and I've never been a huge Matt Taven fan, but um, I don't think that that's the point of the feud, right? The point of the feud is Roddy Strong, you know, eventually getting over on Orange Cassidy. And, and if they're the guys that hate each other, shouldn't they be in the death feud in like a couple months from now? Um, you know, they, they've had so many great Texas death matches, you know, and almost every time it's kind of warranted it, you know, like where it was, you know, Swerve and Hangman, Hangman and at Moxley, um, and and and, and it, I don't I don't know I I think again Tony panicked. I think he looked at the raw he looked at the lineup that night and he's like fuck, you know the only like strong match I have is Dax versus Mox. I have to add some spice to this so people keep watching. But you know again you're you're uh, you know uh, you're cutting off your arm to save your finger. You know it doesn't like. 
it doesn't make any sense you're you're kind of getting into the you know you're you're getting into the raw you know you're, you're just getting into territory where uh yeah man i don't know what's so it's... weird about it is this is your your main event and the idea is there's no rules there's no whatever you know that wardlow is there you know that Adam Cole is there. This is supposedly this nefarious, evil, sinister group that has destroyed everybody, ran MJF out of the business. Wardlow's nowhere to be seen. They're outnumbering these guys, and they still wind up like looking like idiots and losing. It was three members of this United Kingdom or whatever, Undisputed Kingdom, and they get bested by Orange Cassidy and and Trent with the story being that Trent and Orange Cassidy are kind of there's a schism between the two of them and you literally redid what we saw with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes and NXT and the I move you out of the way and I take the bullet for you to show that I'm really on your side when ultimately I'm going to betray you it didn't make anybody look good I'm, I feel like Roderick Strong looked like a goof the, the Devil's crew looked stupid there's a disconnect because Wardlow is not part of them and Adam Cole was not out there directing traffic. And yeah, I saw an a quote epic match that should have been reserved for for Roderick Strong. It's just across the board baffling. Scott. No, yeah, I agree with you guys. The the match itself, a lot of cool moments, a lot of oh my goodness moments. Why is it a Texas death match? Especially when Roderick Strong is the guy that Orange is facing at the pay-per-view. Uh, Orange Cassidy defended the title on collision against Ishii. Again, he defended the title. This title that we've already established, he is defending at the pay-per-view. So why are you defending it up until that point? Whatever. Uh, match was fun. You, you can't be doing this when you have a, a pay-per-view match already announced. Uh, with a guy because again now what's that match going to be it has to be bigger than a texas death match or why are you giving it to us because none of us really want it in the first place and i feel like it's had the longest build of all the damn matches on the card it was ever since world's end that week they came out on dynamite and they established what titles they were going for and the only one that they're actually going for right now is this it's roderick strong uh, and orange cassidy that was a month ago and now we're still going to have to wait a few more weeks to get this match that we don't want because we got something that's like technically more appealing last night. And it wasn't yeah. that appealing. None of it is very appealing because uh, undisputed, whatever the hell, they're they're no good. They're, they're not good for TV. And you're making it worse by making them actually make no sense. Uh, I've heard Matt Taven is great. I've seen him wrestle a few times live. I thought he was great. I thought he was great last night. I think it's irrelevant because the feud is with Roderick Strong and you just had what people were saying Swerve and Hangman should have been their blow-off feud. You're having on a dynamite against two guys that aren't even really feuding. What well, was it's worse like you're is fighting I, a guy's fucking manager. Like I, I mean, Orange clearly cut himself worse than I think he intended to. And there was oh, so much was blood that it became so, distracting. So again, that was that other moment of like, oh no, this guy is suffering so much. And you know he's not going to suffer like that in, in the Roderick match. And I don't want to see them have a cage match. I don't need them to set up a cage for, for an Orange Cassidy-Roderick strong match. No, you, you do something brutal 
and and decisive, like the mimosa match. Yeah, it's gonna be like a zero friends match or something. Oh, yeah, get uh, get Trent's mom to come out there with the van again. Really make this thing a a, a blood feud. Uh, all right, enough enough dynamite. Uh, let's get to some some high spots and low spots here because. Man, slug, slug, you know, trying to get through dynamite. It's interesting. It's it's fun to look at uh, and and talk about. But you got to wonder what the hell they're doing. Uh, Dan, what are your high spots and low spots for the week? Well, I think my high spot is universal, and that is QT Marshall is back in AEW. That's right, folks. He's back on the booking committee, and I think it's only a matter of time before we're seeing QTV, especially now that Punk is gone. QT is going to weasel himself back into a prominent position on that card. Um, you know, I mean, low spot, there's always a low spot when a, when a wrestler kills his fucking wife. Right. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, that's pretty, pretty fucking rough. Like you uh, added right at the end of that. Like right? no, it's always when they kill their wife. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, it's never like a, you know, it just seems like, you know, the last you know, it, it. You know, the last couple months, it seems like, you know, usually it's either bad or good news happens for wrestling, and instead we've had all the news. You know, like good news, bad news, good news, bad news. Um, and when you see something like that, you know, it's it's further, it's a further black eye on you know, kind of a business that you love. So, um, yeah, Scott. My high spot is, is going to be that uh, New Japan show this last weekend, New Beginning in Osaka. The final two matches. Oh, boy. You had Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. In, as of right now, match of the year for sure. Who won? Um, Zack Sabre Jr. beat Danielson. Clean? And, yeah, they're going to strap the rocket to Zack Sabre. It seems like now that Okada is, is gone – uh, and Osprey is gone. Zack Sabre Jr. is at the very least going to go for the title at some point this year. So they had him beat Danielson, and he called out Sonata and Naito. Uh, and then also the main event, which was a cage match, but it had like war games rules uh, with uh, United Empire versus Bullet Club War Dogs. Heard it went a little long. What'd you say? Heard it went a little long. That was the only. Well, you know those War Dogs matches where it's like you start off with a few minutes up top, and then every few minutes yeah. someone else comes out, and then it really starts. Uh, but yeah, it went over an hour. I I loved it though. I mean, maybe a few minutes too long, but you know that few minutes is somewhere in the middle, and so you could just watch it and enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, so yeah, two match of the year contenders on one show. That's definitely my high spot. My low spot is. So Okada's leaving New Japan. He fought Tanahashi in his final singles match. He beat Tanahashi. They announced his final two matches. They're just like random five ways or, you know, like five on five matches. And it doesn't seem like he's going to put anyone over on the way out. It's crazy. It's all tag matches. Kind of like that. I'm I'm proud of him. Um, You know, guys, uh, on the way out, put people over, especially if you are the face of – I mean, really, not even just that company of like Japanese wrestling, and you're just like, peace, everybody. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. By the way, I just realized we could get Okada Joe, and they could tell the Kato story. <laughs> yeah, they can. They can. That would be peak AEW that you get this oh, marquee match, and then the crux of it is something that happened in another company 15 years ago. Just keep Okada away from the best friends, um, Adam Cole group feud. 
Do not make Okada come in and stop the devil. Keep yeah, keep him away from from. There's a whole list of places to keep him away from within the confines of AEW, uh, which is which is weird. Um, my my high spot, obviously, as Dan touched on, our our Lord and Savior, QT Marshall, now back in the fold with AEW. A little disappointed that they said he's not going to be wrestling yet. Guys, well, you know, you want to save some surprises. Yeah, right? you, you're, you're. We, we were, we were kayfabing it earlier. In I terms would, of I would pop so hard if that was the big business reveal. Yes, that would be so. Oh if, god! But give him, give him the, uh, give him the, like the torn jean jacket Triple H wore when he came back to MSG, um, and have him spit water into the crowd. But it's, <laughs> I mean, like that would be just fucking pipe in, oh. pipe in the loudest crowd pop you've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, you're huge. His wife. Remember, they would cut to his wife like during COVID, and they filmed every week at Daly's place. His wife was always hanging out in the crowd, sad. She's like sitting in the corner doing her taxes or something. Like she doesn't yeah. want to be there. By the way, how amazing is it if they do the whole Rainmaker entrance, but in the robe, it's QT. Like they got the 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 that would be amazing. Oh, and, and then yeah, he's got QT that. dollars coming from the ceiling. Yeah, do like a Shokata kind of thing with him. Uh, I would love. Dude, I, I run it back. Do big show and QT again. Texas Don't tease me. Fuck it. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. I'm, I'm there for it. Uh, my low spot of the week, the Scott Demore situation with TNA continues to get more demoralizing because we've been praising what TNA has been doing of late. It felt like they were kind of putting stuff together. They're making an interesting alternative. The relationship with WWE, the fact that they brought in uh, Nick Nemeth and, and Mustafa Ali, and they have you know Dan's best friend, Josh Alexander, uh, oh, and, and Moose. And now, like, Demore, not only is he out, this was not immediately communicated to, like, the talent and, and staff. Like, some people found out, like, online when it got when it got published. And then to find out, like, Demore's big, you know, problem was he kept trying to ask for more money to make it a better show. And then when they said no, he's like, I'll, I'll buy the place and make this thing better. And they're like, okay, we're just going to take you out back and shoot you. So don't worry, Robert. Tommy Dreamer's booking now. Good. That was the reveal. <laughs> you know what? I like Dreamer. I'm friends with Dreamer. Do, He's a book? smart wrestler. Oh, yes, man. he can. Tommy can book. You know, he used to book a lot of the ECW shit. Yes, he knows how to book a pretty straightforward show. It'll be it'll be just fine. Um, it's just it sucks because there was momentum behind TNA, and every time there's momentum with TNA. They like Guaranteed pull the rug TV, out from under. CW originals are going to be on TV, and Tommy's going to be crying. Uh, oh, Tommy will absolutely cry. That's that's a that's a given. But I don't know what ECW originals are like around and can be on camera. RVD, I guess you can just shuffle. yeah. But Rob's doing. I mean, he's been doing AEW of late. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's doing Dynamite team. next week. He is. Yeah, he's in a dude. Triple, this match. I'm very confused about this match. I'm going to try to remember it. It is. Samoa Joe and Swerve. Okay. And Brian Cage. Okay. Versus Rob Van Dam, mm -hmm. Hangman Adam Page, and Hook. I got nothing. Yeah, it's a little when you look at it, you get a little confused, but it, it'll be a great match. Well, oh, it's just like like heels that should be baby faces and baby faces that should be heels dynamic. To that end. Yeah, that's what did it I is. did I hallucinate this or did they say on Rampage it was Jeff Hardy versus Sammy Guevara? 
Yeah, they're Ooh, having. Okay, that'll be my low spot. So, ready? Jeff Hold Hart- on, is this a spoiler Rampage spoiler, spoiler just for the one person yes. who watches Rampage and is concerned? Sammy Guevara versus Jeff Hardy. Sammy Guevara does like a shooting star press. Knees Jeff Hardy in the head. Jeff Hardy gets knocked out. They have to stop the match. Jesus oh, Christ. My God. Yeah. Is that his receipt for like almost dying in that Matt Hardy match? <laughs> I got no clue. Can, do uh, they right. ever find out whether or not that Rebby Rebby Matt Hardy thing was was a work? When I she think was it's working? a work because they've been talking about they're doing like an appearance together at a Comic Con or something. I mean, who is who are they working? Their kids? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, kids didn't have enough to talk about in therapy. Like this is great. Yeah, um, I just love it that the Hardy the Hardys are like. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to have anything for us. We're going to make your program actively more confusing. <laughs> you know, like, like it's not even like they're not like it's not like they're like doing the CM Punk thing of like hi, you know, or Zack Ryder of like hijacking the show and proving like to be the Internet underdog. They're just like confusing the shit out of you're like is Jeff Hardy having a heel turn? Is Matt Hardy having a divorce? What is happening right now? Yeah, this is it's real life broken, Matt Hardy. Um, yeah. But uh, but we're not broken here, guys. We're we're chugging along on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, like I said, we'll be back in the Patreon uh, this weekend. We're going to be talking SmackDown. We're going to be talking the Bianca Belair Montez Ford reality show. Uh, Scott, you oh, hear will? that? Yeah, we're going to watch the first episode. <laughs> um, but uh, let's uh, let's get some plugs. Dan, anything you want to plug? Sure, buddy. I'm going to be opening for Dan Soder at the Wilbur. Some tickets are still available for the Late Show. It should be an awesome show. Where is the Wilbur? For it's those in most- Boston, Massachusetts. Dang, Thank you, sir. Uh, and uh, even more importantly, guys, uh, uh, my special comes out March 12th. So uh, it'll be on my YouTube channel, but it'll also be on 800 Pound Gorilla's YouTube channel. But Really subscribe to my YouTube, subscribe to my Instagram. I'm putting stuff up on TikTok. I really need to get my socials up. It's not to sound like Gil from The Simpsons. So um, do that. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I think, uh, you know, we'll be uh, a lot more active with the show the next couple months. So, Oh, yeah. Scott, what do you got? You listen to my podcast, Out for Smokes, with Mike Racine and Sean McCarthy. And subscribe to this Patreon. Because, yeah, we'll talk Smackdown. Uh, that love reality show and collision, people. Colli- oh, wait, There's oh, no, no collision, Scott. Dude. Well, sorry. So the second should be big. Rock and Roman and, and Triple H are all going to be on this week. It's yeah, got that. Me. There's uh, Logan Paul, Miz, yeah. and uh, Kevin Owens, uh, Dom. And that should be a oh, good show. Wow. Show. Okay, great. Yeah, really so good show. That'll be, uh, that'll be fun. Uh, I've got another show called Rumor and Innuendo. It airs every Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. Uh, it streams on my Twitter account, WWE Creative underscore ISH. We're also on uh, YouTube, on the Ad Free Shows YouTube, on SE Scoops. Oh, and we have a YouTube now, too. So you yes, guys, I was going to. Like, one of the things that I like to do is, is listen to our podcast on YouTube while playing video games. So uh, check that out, man. Yes, we're on the YouTube, and if you go on any of your favorite podcast platform, give us five stars. Write a, write a nice little review. Helps the algorithm or all the other whatever they whatever Tony Khan uses to make the ranking system is the same thing that Apple uses for podcasts. So we don't know how it works. Just be like Meltzer and give it five stars. Yeah. Uh, but until then, Dan, what do you want to say to the fine folks? 
Um, wash your hands. Wash your hands.